So the text today in chapter 4 in Proverbs is this command to keep our hearts. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The importance of keeping the heart may be displayed in the story of the Trojan horse that the Greeks used to conquer the city of Troy. For ten years, they had laid siege upon that city. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher, pastor of our free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, British Columbia. Today's message is on God's truth, keeping the heart with all diligence. Let me read to you here in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet. Let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. All of these are wonderful items of advice for peaceful, godly, earnest Christian living. And if we would have a testimony that will shine for the Lord, we need to keep the law of God. Firstly, we're commanded here to keep our hearts, and that is the theme of our program today. The Bible says, keep thy heart with all diligence, and this is something that we should be working at and not just letting it happen anyway. We are to ensure that our hearts are right with God, that we are feeding on His Word, that we're staying in communion and fellowship with God, and then, of course, everything falls into place. We have a hymn today, Teach Me Thy Way. Teach Me Thy Way. And that ought to be the prayer of every Christian. And we'll close the program today with a question and answer on truth. May God's truth fill your heart and lead you. Stay tuned now as we let the Bible speak from the pulpit of our church here in Cloverdale. How do you preach a series in the book of Proverbs? Aaron Fitzsimons asked me that. Uh, he was asking me what we were preaching in the church, and uh, I told him we were in the book of Proverbs, and uh, uh, he is a student minister, of course, is asking, well, how do you preach through the book of Proverbs? Are you going to just take every single statement and every proverb? Well, the answer is we become a little bit selective. And uh, rather than taking every statement uh, consecutively, there are those things that just jump out and say, preach me. And there are those things that we just cannot go by without uh, 
giving them due treatment. So the text today in chapter 4 in Proverbs is this command to keep our hearts. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The importance of keeping the heart may be displayed in the story of the Trojan horse that the Greeks used to conquer the city of Troy. For ten years they had laid siege upon that city. They had hoped that they would wear them out, starve them out, that they would bring them to the point of surrender, even just through attrition. But it didn't work. And at the end of ten years, they came up with another device. They built a very large wooden horse. Took them about three days. And inside that horse, they had a secret compartment. They made a ruse that they were withdrawing from the city by sea, and they left this wooden horse behind. Somehow they got the message out that this was a gift to the god of Athena, and they made it as if it was not a war machine at all, but merely something to do with their withdrawal and that it would be a token to the god of Athena that they were not abandoning that false god to us, of course. It worked. And when the Greek army appeared to be withdrawing and going away, the people inside Troy opened the gates, and they drew this wooden horse inside the city. But they didn't know that inside that belly of the horse, there was a secret compartment with enemy soldiers, all crammed right in, ready to burst open the trap door and repel down by rope. They waited, of course, until the night when all the excitement of the day was over and there were just a few guards around and those Greeks inside the horse sprung their plan. They descended and of course they ran to the gates and opened the gates and there were others in waiting. They burst into the city and they destroyed it. They destroyed it. What they couldn't do by force, they did by what is now called a Trojan horse. Computer geeks will know that the same term is used today by those who want to send you some kind of malware that you will click on and it will start an attack on your computer. And it is well named because you are doing exactly what the people of Troy did, falling for the trick and device of the Trojan, the enemy within, ready to attack. In this text that we're looking at, 
we have a Trojan horse. The traitor is our own hearts. There is within every one of us enemies that will seek to destroy us. Now, when preaching back in chapter 3, 9, and 10, we were dealing with keeping our substance, honoring the Lord with the things that we possess. Now we are exhorted to care for the heart. And an alternate reading of this verse might be, above all thy keeping, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Above your money, above your clothes, above your property, above those things that you ensure in life, above everything, keep your heart. Now, I wonder, are you doing that? Are you a professing Christian that is very careful about what you allow into your heart? Because as it says here, your heart is the reservoir of all life. And if your heart is defiled, if you allow the enemy into your heart, then everything in your life is going to be impacted. Now, our hearts should be kept ready for inspection by God. Like the husbandman who had a vineyard, and he told the laborers to keep his vineyard. He was going on a journey and would return, and of course, return unannounced. That we usually apply to the return of Christ, when he will come unannounced to visit and judge. But the Lord is looking at our hearts at all times, and he is saying to us here in this passage, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Are you ready today for an inspection of your heart to see if there is something there that will destroy you, something that will ruin you, something that will bring shame and maybe disgrace to the name of the Lord? Now, there are a number of things that we need to do to handle this issue. Firstly, there is the difficulty of keeping our hearts. We have to acknowledge, even though we're saved, even though we're a Christian, even though we're blood-washed, and even though we may have the Holy Spirit's help, there is a constant struggle to keep our own hearts. It's difficult. Then there are the tests that may be applied, and we have them right here in verses 25, 26, 27. And then lastly, the cure. What are what is the cure to keep our hearts from such infection, such attacks? The difficulty, well, the difficulty is that we were born with a treacherous heart. We were born with a nature that is opposed to God, and our heart, therefore, needs to have a watchman. That's what this word keeping really means. It is the idea of a watchman, a guard, always giving attention, because our hearts, in reality, cannot be trusted. And you have within your breast, like this Trojan horse, this 
would-be traitor, if left to itself, that would destroy you. Now, the Bible, as we think of its teaching on this subject, is so clear from Genesis to Revelation on the nature of man's heart that there is no doubt that we have within us a problematic heart, a sinful heart, a wicked heart. Jeremiah in chapter 17, 9 talks about a deceitful heart and things that are maybe hidden from us need to be flushed out. One text will do just to uh, verify that truth, and it's Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. And we find the people in the day pre-flood of Noah's flood that they were probably had a problem, a sin problem. And God saw Genesis 6, Let's just learn from that that God is observing. He is the inspector of our hearts. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, that's the heart that we're born with. That's the heart that every son of Adam and Eve, every child that's born into this world has by nature a heart that is evil, treacherous, and cannot be trusted. And only the miracle of regeneration can give us a right heart with God. And I confess to jumping into the cure right at this moment. And praise God, there is a cure for that sinful, deceitful, wicked heart which cannot be trusted, and that is the new birth. We may be born again of the Spirit. By nature, we have a heart of stone, a heart that's cold to God, hardened to God. But when the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, we are born again. We are given a new nature, and a nature that loves God. And our hearts are then uh, sanctified and made right with God. And of course, the Lord Jesus said, ye must, ye must be born again. No man can see the kingdom of God except he be born again. Now, that's the first remedy to the need of your heart. And because we are told and commanded here to keep thy heart with all diligence, the person who says, no, no, I don't want to be born again, I don't want to have the Spirit of God reign in my life. I don't want to be surrendering my life to the kingdom of Christ and to His grace. How can you keep your heart? What you are doing is you are shutting the defenses. You're doing what some people do on their computers. Oh, I don't need any Defender uh, software. I don't need protection. Just leave it wide open. If you're not a Christian today, if you're not saved, if you're not in Christ, you're wide open, and your heart is going to lead you astray and destroy your soul. Then there are the temptations of this world. We have, of course, the eye gate, the ear gate, and all the other subjective feelings that attract the heart of man. All those things that are lusts, 
visual temptations, very powerful and appealing. And Peter warned, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. There's a vast number of things you could put under that category, but let me just ask you, are you guarding your heart against the lusts, the vices, the advertising of the world, the subtle, and some not so subtle. We're living in a society today where there's flagrant, wicked, visual attacks upon the heart of man. Are you guarded against them? There needs to be a work done in our hearts. I'm just setting out the difficulties. I'm just causing us to see that to obey this uh, instruction of the Lord, keep thy heart with all diligence, it's difficult. It's difficult. And you can't do it alone. You can't do it yourself. You need a Savior. You need the power of the living Christ to deliver you from all those things that will destroy your soul. I want to come to the tests now, and I bring this up here because they're right here in the passage. 24, 25, 26, 27, all of these verses really are the tests of the state of our hearts. And in verse 24, you have the purity test. Your mouth is the fountain of the reservoir of your heart. Put away from the froward mouth. Now, early in this study in Proverbs, we did a very thorough study on the term froward, anti-God, this word that rebels against any divine instruction, put away from thee such a mouth. The Lord Jesus said, for by thy words thou shalt be justified and thou shalt be condemned. Just let a man talk. Just listen to what he has to say. And before long, what comes out of his mouth will soon incriminate what's in his heart. It will soon display the real person. Just let him talk. And out of that heart will flow a reflection of the real nature. You want to know the state of your heart? Let's hear how you talk. Let's hear whether you love words of purity, or whether you enjoy the filthy things, the things of this world. That's a test. It's a very acute test. And they incriminate, and they point to us. I, I wonder if we listen to your general talk, say, tomorrow at work or at school, would we know that here is a person that loves purity? or not. The next verse 25 is the test of honesty. The honesty of the eye test. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. The eye is really a teller of great truths. A person who won't look you in the eye person who 
talks and looks away. A person who has an eye that darts about cannot be trusted. But the Christian is to be known for honesty of life. The Holy Spirit will make an honest man or woman of us. And he gives us convictions, convictions that we will stand up for and that we will uh, produce in our lives. Because the Spirit of God is the one who convicts of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment to come. That's his ministry. And if you're living the life of a cheat and a deceiver before men, then your heart is not right with God. Honesty is required. Teach me thy will, O Lord, teach me thy way. Teach me to know thy word, teach me to pray. Whatever seems best to thee, that be my earnest plea, so Listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and we want to have a few follow up questions on the message here today. The text was Proverbs 4 and the verse 23 Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Why is truth so vital in keeping the heart? Well, of course, truth matters to God because he is a God of truth. He is the God who cannot lie. He's the God who cannot deceive and will always stand over his own word. That's why his promises are precious, and we can take them to the bank. 
with rejoicing that our God is a God of truth. Now, why is the Christian called to promote truth? Well, that is the only life to live. It's the only way to please God. It's the only way to be faithful is to promote truth. And so our whole life, our testimony, our walk, our worship, our ministry, our witness before the world should be embedded in truth so that our whole life is to promote the truth of God. What are the immediate consequences of telling lies? Well, immediate, of course, there's guilt. There is deception, that you lose the confidence, the trust, the communication of friends, family, uh, and business. Lies immediately smite the heart, grieve the Holy Spirit, and disturb that walk with God. And so we ought to be men and women of truth. Long term, of course, lies will destroy us. It was a lie that uh, brought Adam and Eve to sin. It was a lie that brought much of the misery upon this world. And so we are to realize that lies destroy, lives wreck and ruin. We also need to recognize the Bible's warning that all liars have no part in the kingdom of God. There will be no one in heaven who is a perpetual unrepentant liar. The Bible warns of that very, very clearly, and liars are put in the same category with those who are blasphemers, are fornicators, and those who break God's law in any which way. Liars are grouped there as well. And so there is no promise of heaven or eternal life to those who are liars. But rather, we need to be interested in the truth as it is in Christ and in the gospel. Only then can you have a hope of heaven. And so the Great Commission to preach the gospel is based on the reputation of truth. The preacher ought to stand with Bible in hand and with the truth of God's word that he may tell the world the good news that Jesus saves. And it is the bedrock of truth upon which we serve God and build his kingdom. And so let us take the Bible, let us study the Bible, let us preach the Bible, and let us take our stand on the truth of God's word. And then we shall certainly have God's blessing, God's favor, and praise God we have an entrance to the kingdom of God, putting our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that will be our way to the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and you're listening to Let the Bible Speak. I hope you've been blessed today through the ministry of God's Word. I'd also be delighted to talk with you. My personal phone number is 604-897-2040. Please call to let me know that you're listening, and we can open the Bible and pray together. 
For all the information about our radio ministry in Canada and our churches in Buffalo, Scarborough, Port Hope, and Barrie, please go to ltbs.ca. If you have been blessed today, please kindly consider helping us to cover the cost of airtime. Your gift, large or small, will make the difference. You can donate online at ltbs.ca or by mail. Our mailing address is LTBS 18790, 58th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S 1M6. My phone number again is 604-897-2040. And remember to join us again at this time next week on this station as we let the Bible speak.